Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. To come back to God, we need to come back to His Word. God's Word reconstitutes us. We all have our own kind of disposition and habitual behavior, but God is able to reconstitute us through His Word. That's why we need to read the Bible. God's Word gradually changes our mind and our way of thinking. This is Matt Miller with John Pester. We have a wonderful program for you today, and we hope you'll stay with us for quite an encouraging life study. John, thanks for joining me today. It's good to be here, Matt. You know, John, the title of today's life study program, which is the third one from the book of Nehemiah, is the reconstitution of the nation of God's elect. I think you need to give our listeners a little background before we go to Witness Lee today. Well, Matt, I think this is a very important topic the reconstitution of the nation of God's elect. God's elect need reconstitution. That is the simple point of this message, and it's the simple point in Nehemiah that God's nation, God's elect, are in need of a reconstitution. The children of Israel had been carried away to Babylon, and they had lived in Babylon for 70 years. They grew up in Babylon. Everything about them was Babylonian. Everything about them was worldly. Everything about them was far from being the testimony that God desired. And so when they came back, they didn't come back and all of a sudden cast off their Babylonian ways. They were still Babylonian to the core, and they were in need of being reconstituted from their very inward being all the way to their outward being to be a nation that could be a testimony to God. And this is a picture, a type of the reality and the experience that every new believer and every Christian has to go through. We have been living in the world for years, even decades, maybe many, many years, and we've assimilated all of the worldly ways, and we don't even realize that the worldly ways, our ways, are just the worldly ways. They are what we are. But when we turn to the Lord, when we turn back to God, there is a need in our inward being, from our inward being to our outward being, there is a need to be reconstituted so that there can be a proper testimony. And what the book of Nehemiah shows is that reconstitution can only come when the people not only return to the land, but when they return to the Word of God. So they returned to Jerusalem, which was the chosen place, and Nehemiah here is helping them to return to the Word of God. Right. When they returned to Jerusalem, they were utterly ignorant of the Word of God. They didn't even know the Word of God. And when we receive the Lord by His mercy, how much of the Word has been constituted into our being at the moment of our believing in the Lord? Very little. There is a need for the Word of God with all of its impact and all of its weight to be imparted and implanted into our being. The Word needs to become, as the Apostle said, the engrafted Word. It has to become part of our living. It has to be a living, operative thing in our lives. And when that happens, we begin to be reconstituted, and we assume a different testimony and a different presentation, and we even have the strength and the capacity to be according to God and His purpose. 
John, there's a, a famous verse that we're going to touch later in the program, but I'm going to give a little foretaste of it right now. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before in the programs that these books, Ezra and Nehemiah, were the only two books in the Bible that Witness Lee referred to as the recovery books of the Bible. And in this recovery book, you have a situation of these returned captives who are back to Jerusalem from Babylon, who are caring for God's interest, there to build up the temple, build up the city, and they're fighting enemies. It's a difficult situation. And in the midst of that, they get the word of God, which exposes them, and they realize how short they are. Right. And then in the midst of that, they're they're discouraged because they realize they're so short. And then the famous verse is Nehemiah 8, verse 10, which says, it ends with, Do not be grieved, for the joy of Jehovah is your strength. You know, many people borrow that verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and they don't realize it's in the context of the Lord's recovery in this picture of Ezra and Nehemiah. We're going to get into that later, but I just wanted to give a quick foretaste. There's a lot in this program today, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Why don't we go to Witness Lee now, and we'll come back and have some more fellowship after that. Now, we come to the reconstitution of the nation of God's elect. To be reconstituted, you need to come back to God. By coming back to his law. That's his word. My, this is a big subject. You have to come back to his word. Do you know? No one can come back to God without coming back to his word. So you have to read his word. His word gradually changes your mind. Changes the way of your thinking. Not only so, The Word always is one with the Spirit. When the Word of God works within you, the Spirit is there. And the Spirit will, through the Word, dispense God's nature with God's element into your being. It is by this way that we are reconstituted. These returned captivity, they were born in Babylon. They were raised up in Babylon. Babylon's element has been wrought, constituted into their being. Now they returned to their father's land to be a citizen of the nation of Israel. So they need the reconstitution. Israel, in God's intention, has to be a divine constituted people. So they could be God's testimony. So after the Robobos coming back, followed by Ezra, then strengthened by Nehemiah, Israel, the return Israel, at that time became a constitution which was constituted through God's word with God's element becoming a divine constitution. Here on this earth is a people collectively constituted by God, with God, through his word. They became a nation, and this nation is the 
testimony of God. John, there's a lot here in this section that reiterated what you said in the opening word about this matter of reconstitution. I really love this word. No one can come back to God without coming back to his word. The word is really critical in this matter of reconstitution. Do you want to say any more than you've already said about this matter of reconstitution? Well, I appreciate this point because it shows that there is an intrinsic spiritual connection between God himself and the word that God speaks. We should never have the thought that the Bible is just a book like any other book and that it's a bunch of printed words. It is the recorded speaking of God himself that conveys and contains the element of God. I really appreciate this point that Witness Lee makes in the life study, the printed life study. He says the word of God is the solid base for the spirit of God, who is God himself, to dispense God's element into our being, to cause us to be constituted with God. We cannot be godly people if we avoid God's word. We cannot avoid God's word. We have to come back to God by coming back to his word. This is the simple way. We have to realize that we came to God in the first place. And when we believed in the Lord, when God's word came to us, God's word came to us, we heard it, we received it, we appreciated it, we accepted it, and God's word that we received brought God himself into our being. And this process has to continue on a daily basis for all believers, whether they're new, young, old, Whatever our situation is, we need to be a people who are constantly coming back to God by coming to his words. The words that he speaks are spirit and life. And when we come to the word, we get that spirit. And that spirit imparts something of God into them. I appreciated what the Lord prayed on the night right before his crucifixion. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Truth sanctifies the believers. Truth reconstitutes the believers. God's desire for Israel is that they would be a sanctified, reconstituted people. And the Lord reiterates that same point on the night before his crucifixion when he prays that the Father would sanctify the church in the truth. And then he says, your word is truth. So it's the word. When we come back to the word, we're actually coming back to God. We have to realize that the Bible, the word of God, is the speaking of God himself, and it has this spiritual element. The words that he speaks are spirit and life. So when we contact the Lord and when we contact the Word, we're contacting the same. We have to have that sense, that realization, and that's what reconstitutes us. Well, John, you've all but quoted this verse, so I'm going to go ahead and quote it. It's 2 Timothy 3.16, and it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for conviction, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. You can see that's a, a little synopsis of what's going on in the book of Nehemiah. The word of God is there, God's breathing to reconstitute the people that they could be perfected, and it's profitable that they could be complete in the work of God. You know, some people take that verse where it says it's profitable 
for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And we assume that that means that if we take those words in, we can go out and reprove and rebuke and instruct others. But really, it's the living and operative word. Once we take those words in, they reprove us within. They rebuke us within. They instruct us within. It's really the operating word. This is what the word does when it operates. It reproves within. It rebukes within. It corrects within. It instructs within. And we have a way to be a man of God fully prepared unto every good work. Well, John, let's go back and get some more of the Word of God in this next section with Witness Lee. Let's read. And told are to bring the book of the law of Moses and read to them. Ezra did it and blessed Jehovah, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, Amen. lifting up their hands and they worshiped Jehovah with their faces to the ground. They got fully convinced. They got fully subdued. Subdued to what? Subdued to the word of God spoken through Moses. Every word out of the mouth of God through Moses was subduing. Subduing this rebellious Israel. You see, they have a confession. Their confession of sins much, much deeper than yours. Then Nehemiah charged them to have a face without grief. This face must be full of joy. No grief. But they cannot do it because they were convinced and subdued by the word to realize they were nothing but sinful. So Nehemiah told them the joy of Jehovah was their strength. This word is quite quoted by Christians, but the quoting Christians don't know what the source of this word. Okay, on the second day, the priests, the Levites, were gathered to Ezra, the scribe, in order to gain insight, I like this, into the word of the law. Oh, how many people today on earth read the Bible without any sight. And all the assembly did it accordingly for seven days with great rejoicing. And day by day, Ezra, listen, write in a book of the love of God. So they did everything, not only according to the law, not only according to the statutes, but also according to the ordinances. They got revival there. They became a new nation, newly constituted through the Word and with the Word. John, let's stop right now because there's at least two points that are very striking here to me. Firstly is the context that we talked about earlier of this famous verse, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then the other point is critical, that they came to Ezra for the proper insight into the Word of God. Let's develop at least these two important points. Well, on the first point, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Any 
Christian who has been touched by the Lord and has consecrated themselves to the Lord and has opened themselves to the Lord in the way of pursuing after God and his interests, especially in the matter of building up a testimony of the Lord according to God's divine ordained way. As those people, as those Christians get into the Word and the Word begins to get into them, there can be an experience of remorse and regret and a realization how fallen we have become, and we tend to be discouraged. There's a lot of discouraged Christians out there that have been pursuing the Lord for a number of years. They come to the Word, and at a certain point in time, the Word opens up to them, and they realize, I don't have any capacity to carry out these commandments. I have no capacity. So therefore, they get discouraged. They fall by the wayside. But the joy of the Lord is your strength came to these ones. That's what we have to have the realization. The joy of the Lord is your strength doesn't come to people that are in just need of a kind of a pep squad. No, it comes to people who are seriously seeking after the Lord, desirous of being one with the Lord and being in his testimony. And they, at a certain point in time, when the word opens to them, they become so discouraged that they just want to stop. And that's why the, right before that it says, do not be grieved. Right, do not be grieved. And actually, at that point, you need to realize, in truth, you have no strength. It's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. The And what a person needs to do at that point is open up to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I need you. This I need you to carry out your purpose, your economy, your plan. I need you. And then the joy of the Lord, because the joy of the Lord is there, because here's a person that's giving themselves over to the Lord to be a testimony of the Lord. The joy of the Lord can flood that person, because the Lord is so happy that there are some that are in this reconstitution process that he floods them with life, he floods them with the Spirit, he floods them with joy, and where you couldn't do something according to the word, all of a sudden it's the Lord himself within you operating and flowing from within you that enables you to carry out what you have seen and heard in the word. How about this other point, John, about how they came to Ezra for the proper insight into the word? And Witness Lee made a comment that very few Christians today have the proper sight in the word. I think this is also a very critical point for this reason. And let me read the verse in Nehemiah 8, 8, it says, And they read in the book, in the law of God, interpreting and giving the sense so that they understood the reading. And then in verse 12, it says, And all the people went their way to drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. We need to have a realization. Some people kind of live in this kind of spiritual cocoon where they say, I don't need anything. It's just the Bible in me. And in fact, What they're saying is, it's just my interpretation and the Bible and me. But really, in order to really enter into the Word in a good way, in a proper way, there is the need for interpretation. There is a need for giving a sense of understanding. The thoughts of God that are contained in the Word of God are higher than our thoughts. And if we think that by simply reading them ourselves, we can come to a proper understanding of what is meant We are really fooling ourselves, and we shouldn't fool ourselves. We should realize that there is a need to seek out those who have experience in the Word, who understand the Word, who understand the basic content and structure of the Bible, and be willing 
to allow them to instruct you in the Word. And in fact, this is what the Life Study of the Bible radio program is. It is an interpretation of the Bible that is according to the fundamental basic thought in the Bible that God desires to impart himself to man, to be one with man, for man to be one with him so that there could be a glorious testimony on this earth of all that God is and all that God does. And in order for that to happen, we need the Word. We need God. And so... Uh, it's foolish to say that I can understand the Bible all by myself. It's really a sign of spiritual immaturity to have that view. We need to be careful about the interpretations that we take into our into ourselves, but we shouldn't be uh, avoid the very thought that interpretation is unnecessary. Interpretation is very, very necessary. Oftentimes, the Lord, after he spoke a parable, he would have the the Disciples would come to him and said, tell us what you were just talking about. And the Lord didn't turn him away. He, no, he interpreted. And so there is a need for interpretation that there would be understanding. And when the proper understanding comes, the people always go away happy. You know, John, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, it, the Apostle Paul said, it's not irksome for me to repeat these things to you. Right. So he was repeating the message, even the interpretation. And in our life study program, like you said, it's a repeating. It's it's an interpreting. And, uh, you know, Witness Lee's going to speak, then we, we'll speak what he said. It's good to hear the word and right. hear the interpreted word again and again. That's how we get reconstituted. We've, we're, we're kind of running short on time, so let's go to Witness Lee for our final segment here. They enumerated all the good that God did for their forefathers, bring them out of Egypt, through the wilderness into the good land, and giving them... Listen, this is important. And giving them his law in spite of their arrogance and their stiffened neck and their refusing to listen to his commandment. What can deal with these ugly things? The word of God. The word of God can annul your arrogance. The Word of God can bend your neck and stiffen your neck. And uh, the Word of God can keep away your refusal to listen to God's commandment. John, this is a, a wonderful point that God's Word can soften the stiff neck. It can turn the hardened heart. I think what an encouraging word to finish today's program on Nehemiah chapter 8 through chapter 10. And tomorrow we're going to cover chapter 11 through 13. But this is a wonderful portion in chapter 9. I'd encourage all of our listeners to go back and read what the Israelites actually said in Nehemiah chapter 9 in response to this, that their heart was hard and God still gave them the word. And actually, it is the word itself, uh, like Witness Lee said, it's the word itself that can soften our hearts. 
It's the word itself that can come in and change our whole being, the direction of our whole being. Previously, we were running away from God. We heard the word, and we turned to God. Now that we've turned to God, there's still a lot of elements within us that are against God and need to be fundamentally dealt with. And sometimes when the Lord comes and begins to touch those items in our experience, we stiffen a little bit. But actually, it's the same word that brought us to the Lord that continues to bring us back to the Lord and that will soften us and make us open to receive the Lord and to touch the Lord and to be one with the Lord. So we can never underestimate the significance and the importance of coming to the Word. Have the realization that when you're coming to the Word, you're coming to God, and allow God to speak in the speaking of His Word. And as that Word operates in our being, all of our stiff-neckedness will go away. All of our arrogance will go away. Everything that's negative about our being, which you can never deal with, the Word of God is living and operative and able to do that. Well, John, I'm hearing this Word today not for our listeners. I'm hearing it for myself. It makes me want to go home and read more of my Bible. Me too. I don't know how to say this in the right way, but I hope our listeners are hearing it for themselves and not hearing it for someone else, hoping someone else is going to go read their Bible. There is no Christian that does not need to read the Bible daily. Well, John, I hope the impact of this program makes it through these microphones and I sure uh, feel the Lord is really with us today. Thanks for coming in the studio with You're me. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us. If you'd like to get our printed materials, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you go home and read your Bible. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.